You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. My name is Angie. I'm your host. And here in the studio with me is Mr. Mark Bird. Good day, Angie. And we have been talking this really fantastic series. Actually, it just started last week, so we're in the middle of it. And we're talking about peace with God. Now, there's a lot of people out there searching for peace. We've established this, correctly? Yeah, the lots. I think really all of us are. I think we all are, yes. And I think that there are so many distractions in this world that are trying to steal our peace. Yeah, they're trying to pull us away from having peace with God. And I think what Jesus wants to bring, because he's been called the Prince of Peace, so he obviously wants to bring us peace. But those things of the world and the world system are trying to pull us away from that. Because if you have peace with God, then you'll walk with God. Or it's evident of your life being in Christ. And we talk about, Angie, identity, being identified with Christ and having peace with Christ. Because if you're identifying with him, then you've already been given the peace and you should be living in peace. But I think our circumstances sometimes dictate whether we have like a physical peace. I think there's a lot of layers to this that we could dig into. I think there is. And one of the layers we want to dig into today, Angie, is starts in James chapter 3. And verse 18 is where I want to start today. And it says, now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Now that right there is a mouthful just in one word, but when you're talking about peace, Angie, we have to really take this into consideration. First of all, let's start at the end by those who make peace. Okay. So if you are called to be a peacemaker, would you say that we're called to be peacemakers, Angie? I think absolutely, yes. Of course. Because we carry Jesus, and he is the peace giver. Absolutely. He is the prince of peace. So if we're carrying Jesus, we need to be carrying peace. His peace, right. Matthew 5, 9 said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Okay. Who doesn't want that, right? Exactly. If you're a Christian, you should want that. You should want to be called a son or daughter of God. And with that, then you need to be a peacemaker. So let's start with that. Those who make peace. So we should try to always seek to make peace, be a peacemaker. Absolutely. Let's go backwards. It's sown in peace. How do you sow peace? And we're not talking about needle and thread. Right. We're talking about planting and watering and fertilizing and harvesting. We're talking about right. the process of growing peace. And a farmer can't sow soybeans unless he has soybeans. Is that not true? Correct. So you can't sow something you don't have. Aha. Uh-huh. You see where I'm going I see with where this? You're going with this. Yeah. So <laughs> if you have peace, you should sow peace and you should make peace. So Jesus is the peacemaker. We have Jesus. Now we need to sow it in order to take the harvest out. That's it. Uh That's the practical side where we're going with this. Now, let me go back to the beginning of this. Now, the fruit of righteousness is. What is fruit? Fruit is evidence. Angie, how do you know that a tree is an apple tree? It has apples hanging off of it. Exactly, right? There's no mystery, right? Yes. An apple tree can't bear bananas, 
that would be quite interesting. No, not, not even close. Right, but that's how you know the tree because the fruit it bears. Now, interesting, that word fruit right there literally in the Greek means that which originates or comes from something hmm. and produces an effect or a result. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? That's how you know the fruit, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. It's bringing a result. And I think what's happening here, the fruit of righteousness or the result of righteousness or the proof of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Hmm. That's how you're going to know. And so for us as Christians, if you don't have peace, you can't sow it and you can't be known by it. Hmm. Very remember, good. remember back, blessed are those who are the peacemakers, yes. for they shall be called the sons of God. Why? Because there's peace evident in their lives. People will call you a son or a daughter of God mm -hmm. because you exude peace. Yes. All right. So we have that established. And let's move over then, if we can. I want to share a scripture out of Proverbs 11. This is Proverbs 1130. And it says this, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. I love this because it's my favorite topic, right? Winning souls for Christ. But interesting, how do you win souls? You exude peace. You exude the peace of God. The fruit that you bear is peace. And what does it say? The fruit of the righteous. If you're righteous, as we just read in James, then you'll sow peace and you'll bring peace. You'll make peace. Well, and this one is a tree of life. Yes. A tree is something that there's so many things about a tree that are beyond fruit. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and so the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. I mean, this is something that gives life over and over again. That's long-term, that is solid, yeah. that's deep-rooted. I mean, all these things about a tree. Right. I love that analogy. I do too. And John, we know that John 15 says that Jesus wants us to remain in him and bear fruit. And he said, those who don't bear fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Mm. So it's that serious to the Lord, right, that we bear fruit. And we bear fruit being the righteous. And from that, if you will, Angie, we feed others, mm. right? What did Jesus say to Peter? Feed my sheep. That's mm. what I want you to do. I want you to feed others. Why? Abide in me and I will abide in you. My peace that I give to you, I want you to offer it to others, right? I want others to, what's the analogy? Drink from the living water. So I'm seeing that identity and peace have something to do with each other. I think they're like first cousins. <laughs> would you would you would you go there with me, Angie? I, I was thinking more like a stepbrother because I mean even closer. Yeah, right. <laughs> than a cousin. <laughs> yeah, but very close, right? If you know who you are, if you're identified in Christ, if we're identified in Christ, and what does it say again? People will call us a son or a daughter of God mm -hmm. because we're peacemakers. Yeah. Because guess what? Even the world knows that peace comes from God. Because if you don't have peace, what are we doing? We're seeking to fulfill that void with other means. But really what we're doing is trying to fulfill that unrest if we don't have it, that mm. peace that's missing. If you're not at rest, you're searching. That's something that we haven't talked about is the absence of peace. 
is unrest. It is. So if you have any kind of feeling inside of you, like you just can't get that peace, that's, you know, that's an indicator. So we need to find, we need to go deep to find out why their peace is not there. Yeah. And, and that's where, Angie, we know people that will go on a, a personal retreat or to get away, they say, or I need to get alone. I need to, what are they doing? They're really trying to find peace, aren't they? Yeah. I find that when I go, I go away to the, to the Abbey that's down in Kentucky because it's a silent retreat. Right. And I put away all the electronics and there's no TV or radio or anything just sitting in the silence. And man, that just helps you to find peace because there's nothing to distract you from God. It's, it's so good. I love it, Angie. I'm reminded of Hebrews 4.1. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest... That's peace. Mm, There's a promise that we can enter that rest. There's a promise that says we can have peace. And here's what it says. Let us fear, lest any of you have come short of it. So if you're missing that rest, you're missing the peace. And he's saying, I want you to fear if you don't have that. Because there's a promise that God has given us that we can enter his rest. We're not talking about living in fear, but just to make it, a re- it's a realization right. that something's not right. It's a respect. It's a coming to know that we have that or we don't know. It's self-examination. So what we want to conclude today, Angie, is whether or not if we examine our hearts Mm. and truly say, are we at peace? Are we at rest in our identity in Christ? And it goes back to the series that we talked about before, Jesus plus what? Like, so is there anything else that you need? If you know Jesus, if you're identified in him, that should be peaceful. That should bring us peace. It should bring us rest. It should bring us assurance. So when we're saying peace with God, how do we get it? Where do we get it from? The answer is Jesus. Yeah, it is. That's basically it. Exactly. He is the Prince of Peace, right? And how do we know? We have to dig into his word because that's where he tells us about his peace. That's where he communicates that to us, Mm -hmm. right? Are we taking time to enter his rest, to sit down, and have that relationship with him and allow him to speak to us and bring us his peace. Tell me, how do you take time out of your day? What's it look like for you to get alone with God and start building that relationship and finding that peace? And what happens when you don't do it? Well, I find myself the fruits of my life that are evident when I don't have that peace, right? Or me having thoughts, me having things that come at me that I wasn't prepared for, that I handle improperly, that is the fruits that I'm not at peace with God. Because when I'm at peace with God, things will flow like water off of a duck's back a lot more freely, like if I'm not at peace with God. So how do you obtain that peace? How, where do you go? Uh, I stop. <laughs> Honestly, stop. Is it worth carrying on if you don't have that peace? It's not worth it. So then I, it tells me this, Angie, I must stop and I must open my lines of communication back again with God and allow him to minister his peace. Jesus said, my peace, I leave with you. He wants to leave us his peace and remain. So if we remain in him, then we remain in peace. But if we are separated from him, even temporarily, 
the fruits that come out of our life are not evidence of peace being in our life. Mm, it's a very good discussion. We're going to continue talking about peace with God. Today, we were really focusing on how do we get the peace? Where do we get it from? We covered a different couple of different scriptures, James 3.18 and also Proverbs 11.30. Stick around because we've got a really fantastic testimony coming up in just a few minutes from somebody who you would think would not have peace, but they definitely do. So let's go ahead and get right to our testimony. This is Angie once again, Mark Bird sitting here with me, and we have a very special guest on the line, Phil Joel, formerly with Newsboys, now with his band Zealand. Good morning, Phil. Well, good morning. Good morning. Well, I might have to just sort of somewhat slightly correct you right up the front of everything, Angie. I, I know I'm formerly of Newsboys, but I'm I'm once again of Newsboys. Oh, that's right. right now. <laughs> That's true. You are part I'm of the newsboys. I'm a renewed newsboy. I'm a, I, I, I renewed my membership card, and um, I'm back on board. So That's right. And I think that's... So I'm kind of having a bit of an identity crisis right now, but it's a good one. <laughs> Split personalities, I think, is more like it, because you, you kind of right. do, do different things between Zealand and Newsboys. Yeah, yeah, I do. I keep kind of busy, which is good, you know? So one of the yeah. things I wanted to talk to you about today is we're doing a series on peace with God. And I recently read mm-hmm. your brand new book called Redwoods and Whales, which you talk mm-hmm. a lot about peace and those things that steal our peace. So to, to you, what is peace with God? What does it actually look like? Ooh, what does it look like? It's something that needs to be fought for and guarded, you know, sort of quite jealously. And I, because I think there are a lot of things out there in the world that are trying to vie for our attention and fill our heads and fill our hearts and just get us just turned around and disoriented and disillusioned and just breathing shallow. And so we need to sort of, we need to learn to identify those things and move away from them, push them aside. You know, the writer of Hebrews talks about pushing aside things that distract us and getting rid of the sin that so easily entangles so that we can run the race. Sometimes it's hard to discern which is which. Is this just a simple distraction or is this actually something that is taking my heart? You know, and honestly, you know, at that point, it's sin, if you want to call it that. I I think it begins with us, if we're really serious about peace within and needing to be and walk in peace, then we have to take stock of our lives, you know, of the condition of our heart and what it is that we're giving ourselves to, because there are a lot of things, like we mentioned, that, that will try and steal our attention and take that peace. Um, it starts with an honest evaluation, I think. Yeah, Phil, this is Mark. And uh, one of the things we've been talking about, because the older I get, the more convinced I am that it's really peace that people are seeking after. You know, it comes across sometimes that people are seeking after power or money or things, okay? But I'm convinced the older Mm -hmm. I get, the people are really seeking after peace. Because when you have peace with God, you have contentment. And what I hear you saying is all of these things are trying to steal our peace ultimately, but people see them as things trying to steal our things, right? And so, yeah, so the peace of God, which is, you know, as we know, passes all understanding. And what we ask for from the Lord is to guard our hearts and our minds. And it's from these things that try to, and I love it that you said it's a battle. Like it's a battle. You have to fight for peace. 
Yeah, yeah, you do. And and I think, you know, like, like we talk about this peace that surpasses all understanding, it's usually what it, the understanding that it surpasses is human convention and human wisdom, which, and human values, at least worldly value systems. And, you know, we talk about Jesus being the Prince of Peace. Well, what was it that he was doing and what was it that he was speaking on and sharing that was that was attracting so many thousands of people and bringing them to a place of peace? I mean, they got around Jesus and they were like, oh. Oh, I can breathe deeply here. I feel understood. I feel seen. I feel loved. And I don't need to strive to be seen, understood, and loved within the systems that the world has told me uh, are valuable, you know, with material possessions, with power, with recognition, fame, all of these things that honestly today, the world is still calling and trying to woo us into those places and saying, this is what's valuable. This is how you're meant to live. This is where you're supposed to place your, your meaning and your worth and, and, and how you're meant to get affirmed by having a lot of money, by being beautiful, by taking great vacations, by making sure that people think you have got it all together. And to me, this is where it gets dangerous with social media because we've got everybody out there sort of putting their best foot forward, their best face forward. And then people are looking and comparing and, and thinking, I'm not as beautiful and my family isn't as together and I don't have as much money or drive as nice a car and my home isn't anywhere near as tidy as that beautiful photograph there and uh, uh, starting to breathe shallow. And Jesus, I believe, is just saying, stop it. Stop comparing. I've got a feast for you in your life that if you would embrace me and embrace the existence that I have for you, which has nothing to do with the worldly systems of recognition and, and success, I will bring you peace. And that peace will surpass understanding. And people will look at you and go, hey, why is it, you know, you don't drive a Rolls Royce, but, you know, your car's kind of a clunker. And, you know, I know your life, it's not exactly all glamour in Hollywood, but you seem to be peaceful and alive and alert and you have a deeper satisfaction than I have. And why is this, you know, what, what, this makes no sense. And the answer is, you know, I, I'm not looking for my value and worth from the world. I'm getting it from God. That's where I'm getting it because he says I'm valuable and he sees me and he understands me and, and promises to provide for me and walk with me. But, you know, like, like you've talked about, Mark, this is a battle. It's a battle to, to get to that place and stay in that place. And, you know, we want McDonald's fast food. We want to drive through. We want to go to church, get a good feeling and then go home and hope that it sticks all week which that's okay, but we have to continually feed ourselves with the truth. Otherwise, we're going to be filling ourselves with lies, you know, because there are lies swirling all over the place. And as Angie, you know, she's read the book there that I just wrote. I, I definitely kind of take a hard shot at social media and the things that that is promising but not delivering. You know, I think that's one of the areas in life currently in this modern day and age that we live that we need to sort of put under the microscope and take a look and say, are we using this or is this using us? And is it stealing from us? Is it bringing us peace or is it taking it from us? And, you know, you don't even get to the social media thing in through, until halfway through the book. What I love is the first part of the book, which kind of sets up why the name Redwoods and Wales. Can you give us just a brief <clears throat> descriptions just to get people to understand the title? <laughs> I, called it, I called it that just to throw people off, I think. Now, there's a story behind the, the title there of the book. I was up in Northern California and I uh, had a couple of days off and took a, I took a walk along the beach late one night, you know, it was about 10.30, I think. And I was strolling along the beach. I went to walk around a whole bunch of rocks. And before I knew it, I realized these were not rocks. This was a whale that was on the beach. 
and uh, this whale had lost its way heading down from Alaska down to Mexico. These guys, they travel together as a pod and with their family and friends and whatever it's called, I don't know, social unit. But something will distract them, get their eyes off course and off where they're meant to be heading. And they will get lost. And oftentimes, like this whale that I found, I came across, it ended up on the beach, you know, breathing shallow and dying slowly, which is just, you know, obviously miserable. But there's a parallel there with a lot of people these days. A lot of us are finding ourselves breathing shallow and just feeling like we're dying slowly and we're not even sure why. What happened? How did we get off course? And it happens slowly. We can take something on board that may just hit us off in a two degree deviation from the course of where we're meant to be going and we might start believing something that is not true and before we know it we've kind of lost our way, lost touch with the truth, lost that peace that we're talking about because we actually find ourselves in the midst of the stuff and again those the places where people are, are placing value. We find ourselves in the middle of all that and we find ourselves striving, looking to be seen and to be understood and to be liked, to build our followers, to make sure that we feel affirmed and it just leaves us breathing shallow, dying slowly. And so I just feel like a lot of people, uh, I don't want to bring it all back to social media. There are a lot of things that will pull us off course. But one of those things with the social media thing, I just think not, people need to be brave enough to go, I'm going to turn that off. I'm going to switch that stuff off in my life. I'm going to build some room to have some time to draw away and spend time with the Lord quietly and rebuild this relationship, rebuild this peace. I need to get the good stuff from the Lord because whatever I'm getting right now is not working and I need to, I need to rebuild. And it's just like any other relationship, you know, so it'll take time. But back to the story, Redwoods and Wales. So the next day I drove up the coast and found myself in the Redwood Forest, you know, and that's just awesome up there, just beautiful. And I was driving along a road that ran alongside a river and there were these amazing redwoods that were growing tall and providing shade for me and my little car. And there they were just drinking deep from the river and looking awesome, magnificent, just growing together and as they were designed to grow. And it was a picture of, it was a biblical kind of image really of Psalm 1 or Jeremiah 17, which talks about blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord whose hope is in him because he'll be like a tree planted by the river with his roots running deep. You know, and a verse later it says, and he will he will not cease from bearing fruit. That was an amazing image, and so I I felt to write that both of those little accounts down. And a couple of years later, after sort of scratching a few more ideas and thoughts and things down, I'd I'd written a book. Yeah, it's interesting, Phil. I'm I'm sitting here listening to this, and what I hear you saying as a central theme in all of this is breathing deep and drinking deep. And so if mm-hmm. you think about John 10, 10, you know, Jesus wants to have, a, have us have life and more abundantly. And that, of course, is surrounded by him, which surrounds us in peace. And when you're surrounded in peace, you're able to breathe deep. You're able to drink deep. He said he is the living water, right? And if you drink of it, you will never thirst again. And I'm thinking of that very thing. When I'm thinking about peace, I'm thinking about breathing deep and drinking deep. And that brings you peace, brings peace to your soul, and everything from your life will exude peace if you've taken peace in. You have to take it in before you can give it out. What are your thoughts on that? Right. So that brings us to sort of asking, well, what does that mean? What do I do? I mean, I, you know, I hear you. I want to breathe deeper. I want to, I want to drink deep of the good stuff. 
you know, I go to church, you know, I go to church and, you know, I, you know, I try to pray and it just doesn't seem to be enough. Well, what, what I'm about to launch into, I'll give it a sort of a, a preface, is not about works. It's not about sort of striving to get somewhere. But at the same point, I must say, you know, what we're talking about, and Jesus is calling us into this relationship with himself, and from this relationship, and this is where this peace comes, like any real relationship. If we're in relationship with one another, like me and you, Mark, I mean, we don't know each other that well, but if we're going to become friends, we're going to have to spend time together. We're going to want to spend time together, and we're going to grow closer, and we're going to share our lives and the secrets of our hearts with one another, and we're going to get to know each other, you know, and, and walk together. And it's the same with the Lord. So for me, and for honestly, I mean, it's not just me. It's not like something I came up with. This is hundreds of years of, of others who have gone before me have done the same thing. And I need to get up in the morning and realign my head and my heart with the Lord. And I take carve out a little bit of time at the beginning of the day and say, Lord, this is our time together. Let's meet. Let's show me things I need to see about yourself, about myself, about the world I live in. Speak to my heart. Deliver to me that stuff that you promised to deliver to me. You know, you, if I can be seen by you and if I can be known by you and if I can see you and know you in return and we can be in relationship, then let's do this. And, you know, so I open up my Bible and I, I read <laughs> and I ask him to reveal things to me and then I write those things down. And it's, it's not like it's, it's a, a magical recipe for anything but there's something about just being still, and the Bible talks about being still and knowing that God is God. He is who He says He is, but we are so noisy. And there's 24 hours in this day, and we fill our day with all manner of things. We need to be deliberate about carving out a little bit of time to go, Lord, this is our time. This is our special time together. I want to drink deep. I want to breathe shallow. I want to fill myself with your truth and your presence because I need you. I need peace because I don't have it right now. And, you know, when we get it, when we actually encounter God in those times and we feel like we're breathing deep and drinking deep, it makes us thirsty and hungry for more. It's not like we get full. It's the weirdest thing. We get full, but we also get like kind of a dissatisfaction with the way things were and we want to continue. And so my wife and I have been doing this practice, if you want to call it that, for the last 18 years just getting up in the morning and she'll head off to one room in the house and I'll head off to another and we spend that first little part of the day with the Lord and uh, it's, it's changed everything it really has oh that's beautiful everybody should be doing that absolutely yeah not and not because it's sort of this little box to check or this religious activity that we must do but because like me and you Angie we know each other you know we've become buddies you know we, we talk you know and um, so it's like any relationship you want to get to know the Lord carve out some time and spend it, spend some time with him, talking to him and listening. And Our forefathers in the faith have been doing this for hundreds, thousands of years in order to get closer to the Lord and hear from him, hear his voice and practicing this presence and this peace that comes through, through the presence of God. So it's nothing brand new, you know. Well, amen to everything you had to say. Phil, I really appreciate you taking some time today. I know you got a really busy schedule. I encourage people to grab your book, by the way. I know it's a shameless plug. <laughs> Redwoods and <laughs> Redwoods and uh, Wales. But it's good. I especially love the pages where it just says blah 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 blah. And then I'm talking to you. <laughs> because that is the reality is we are so busy doing stuff, we forget to sit and listen to God, which is exactly what we're talking about today. Yeah, yeah, true. And then you know, starting from that point and heading out into our day, just enjoying the presence of God, enjoying 
Him. And that's what it's about, enjoying Him. And as we do that, we enjoy our lives and we, we walk in new ways. And we do things and say things and hear things that are just not of ourselves. That's because we're full. You know, we're full and we're mm. full of of God and, and it definitely changes everything but you know again we want everything we want it kind of right now in this day and age but we have to say to ourselves it's okay we're going to grow in this let's just commit to to meeting with the Lord and and just starting there you know one day at a time just stepping into this and being protective of that time and man I'll tell you you watch what will happen things will change things will change Absolutely. <laughs> well, Phil, thanks so much yeah. for joining us today and, and talking about peace with God. Thanks, guys. We'll keep up the good work. I love what you're doing. And this is Mark Bird, and you've been listening to Time to Revive on Shine FM. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at shinefmohio.com. We're community-supported Shine FM.